giant stalker, dragon stalker, crypt stalker, demon stalker, rift stalker, grown stalker, crypt stalker, scourge stalker, wind runner. I'm a pony, lead skill hunter. Welcome to episode 209 of the Hunting Party Podcast. I am Dark Brew from thebrewhall.com and the Brew Hall on Twitter. I'm Delirium from Thrill of the Wild, the Warcraft Hunters Union, and at Delirium Hunts on Twitter. I'm Bendak from Eyes of the Beast, WoW Insider, and Bendak WoW on Twitter. And I'm Artemis Hal from Warcraft's Hunter Union and Artemis Hal on Twitter. Today is Sunday, January 18th, 2015, and we are broadcasting live on Twitch TV. You can participate in the live chat room where our lovely moderator, Ali Sonder, is there to take your questions. And we have an, a, a great show lined up for you today, and we're a little bit of a late start, but uh, Artemis Howell is back. Welcome back, Artemis. Hi. And Roger Brown from Method, our everyone's favorite hunter, is here joining us this week. And welcome, Roger. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I wouldn't go so far to say favorite of everyone, but uh, it's great to be back <laughs> in the show. I always have a blast when I'm here. So yeah. Well, we do too. Well, we're very, we're very I'm, glad to, to to have you on once again. I'm sorry if I sound a bit weird. I'm a bit sick still. Um, been having a rough week, but uh, hopefully I'll be uh, done with it soon. <laughs> yeah, I'm recovering yeah. from a cold too. Yeah. yeah. Whatever, something's going around all over the world, I guess. But hey, now you sound fine, and in like, uh, so we've got a lot of great stuff. Uh, both both you and Artemis were participated in the race to world first for High Mall, so we'll we'll talk about that. We've got some hot fixes that went live uh, to the to the live game for for hunters, and of course, patch six point one is on the PTR, and we've got uh, hunter changes. So so lots to, lots to talk about here, but. Uh, where do you guys want to start? Why don't we talk about High Mall and and that the whole mythic encounters and everything like that? It was it sounds like it was uh, an, another interesting event. So both you and Artemis, both Roger and Artemis, you guys had a chance to get firsthand experience in there. So let's, let's see about a little bit how that went for you guys. All right. So just to you know say the elephant in the room or whatever. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was super excited for High Mall. And I even told everyone, like, hey, okay, this is the time that Hunters are going to be good again. We're going to be top DPS and everything. And then one day before Mythic gets released, I see the nerfs. And we're, like, the only class that got nerfed pretty much. And I'm like, I cannot believe this is happening again. I'm going to have to scroll down to see myself on the damage meter. No. Um, but, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Regardless of that, um, I really enjoyed the high mall as a raid. Um, I liked the bosses. Uh, yeah, pretty much all of them, I think, were really nicely made in terms of mechanics. Um, I don't know if you want to go in on for every boss or you want to talk about the race in general. Yeah, so you, uh, you mentioned that nerf to marks right there at the beginning. Did you... Do all of your progression still as marks, or did you switch over to SV or BM for any fights? Uh, well, I'm pretty sure most of the people played marksmanship for all the bosses except Tectus, where you pretty much have to go Beast Mastery, uh, or had to go Beast Mastery back in the day when it was uh, the first kill for the for the Beast Cleave, the AOE for the last uh, phase, if you can call it a phase. So, but yeah. yeah. Uh, overall, uh, 
marksmanship was what I played for the rest of the bosses. Was that true for you, uh, Artemis? Too is that is that pretty much how it played out for you as well? Uh, marksmanship. Yeah, it was basically marksmanship, uh, uh, basically all the way except for Tactus and switching the BM for that fight was eh, kind of a nice little break. So we didn't really do Tectus second. We kind of jumped a couple bosses here and there and then went back to Tectus, but um, I don't know. Beast Cleaving is pretty fun there. Um, I did actually... Oh, sorry. You want to say something? No. Okay. Um, so I did actually try out Beast Mastery for uh, Margok because we were thinking... Hey, you know, maybe we want more AOE DPS on the small uh, arcane remnants, yeah, the ads that spawn after you kill the big ad. Um, but in the end, it didn't seem worth it. It's better to have other classes that are more effective on them. Um, and yeah, ended up playing marksmanship in the end. Uh, yeah. Now we've seen well a lot of these fights. Of course, there's <clears throat> you know opportunities to do other things than just DPS. I mean, did you get? Any any of the jobs like the flamethrowers or anything special uh, that you had to do, or taking the shield on 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 Margok, or were that left to other classes in in your group? Um, you want to go first, Artemis? Um, yeah. So special roles definitely had a lot of hunter moments to shine in this year, especially uh, Brackenspore flamethrower duty all day every day, and it was really <laughs> fun lining up cooldowns with the flamethrower so basically you would like wait for a giant patch to kind of go out wait for your um i would wait for rapid fire and my lucky double-sided coin to line up uh go in get a decent amount of stacks i know they buffed it after we killed it but still did pretty nice when it came to having all the cooldowns lined up and being able to just turret for a couple seconds um just had to be careful about not dying to the infecting spores and other things at the fight like that they're out of you but it was pretty easy yeah uh, uh actually oh no, for, go, go, go. i just want to say for the for brackenspore that it was actually one of the most fun fights for me personally having the flamethrower because i uh, i get i got to use the um, the talent post haste um which i always like when i actually find the use for another talent uh, than normal uh, so I used post haste to actually clear as much as possible of the of the green moss before the flamethrower went to 100 energy, and uh, yeah, actually at the time of our first kill, I did not know that if you feign death, you actually reset your stacks of infesting spores, so you actually cannot die if you time it properly, uh, even if you get zero healing. But I didn't know that at that time, and I did m might have died once or twice to it. Um. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it happens. Yep. Now, with a fight like Brackensport, what are some of the differences between, say, with Mythic? What do they add uh, for Mythic versus uh, what you see in Heroic and Normal that you had to do? Tidal with? waves and blowing up mushrooms. <laughs> yeah, it's basically lava waves. Only they are green this time. Mm -hmm. so you have to just look out for them and dodge them. The annoying part was that sometimes you can't see them from the beginning. I don't know why, that maybe my settings are low, but sometimes you can't see them as they are coming up, so you have to react a bit faster than you should need to. I don't know. Um, 
And yeah, there's a lot more of the green stuff on the ground, so you need to clean up way faster. And yeah, other than that, it's just everything is a bit harder, you know, more damage. The ad casts uh, uh, the DK faster, so you need to interrupt him faster. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, there are more spore shooters. There's, yeah, this is, it's just a control fight. You just need more control. That's about it. And to not stand, um, just avoid, you know, the general mechanics. Like the exploding mushrooms, you either get the tidal waves or the mushrooms. I think it's random. Uh, but, um, yeah, yeah so. Random, yeah, because yeah, you can get, like, tidal waves three times in a row and whatnot. So, I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to avoid. If your group is trying to stack somewhere and there's a tidal wave in the middle, you can make use of Aspect of the Fox and help your team move to an opening spot while keeping healing up and uh, damage up as well. And, like I said, the uh, exploding mushrooms, they're pretty easy to just dodge. They have a very small window of explosion. So if you're not standing on top of one, you're pretty much safe. Let me ask about Aspect of the Fox then, and and I guess, uh, Roger, maybe we'll we'll start with you. I mean, so is your guild and your your raid taking advantage of that? I mean, I don't know how many hunters um, you're running with, but are you coordinating that? Are there specific call-outs for it, or... Have people not yet adjusted to, to that ability being a raid um, on I would say it depends on the boss. So, for example, on Brackenspore, it won't be something 100% coordinated because generally you want to use it when there's a lot of raid movement, which means that it's usually when the, um, one of the waves, the green waves, is going to uh, hit where the whole raid is standing, possibly in a green mushroom. So, you know, every all the raid is gathered up. <coughs> Sorry. And the wave is coming, so the whole raid needs to move. And at that point, usually we just have a general rotation that I will cast the first fox. So I will say, you know, using using aspect, and everyone knows if they're tracking it or not, and they can, you know, move a bit. So that's kind of like the f- getting the feel of the moment and using it there. And sometimes the casters will uh, ask for it, yeah? If, if we are not thinking about it at that point, they will say, you know, aspect. So, yeah. That's for that boss, but on most of the boys, I would say we have pretty, uh, pretty much established when we're using them. So, for example, you have the twin ogrons, and in Mythic, when uh, Hermes, no, what's his name? Uh, can I say the white guy, or is it racist? I don't know. No, which guy? Racist. Famous. Famous. Sorry. Um, <laughs> when he casts Whirlwind, yeah. He actually pulls everyone towards him. Mm-hmm. And so we always use uh, an aspect of the fox there. I know that Am will use the first one there, okay? Uh, and it's the same for the later ones. And also, for example, on the butcher, because of our tactic, at the start there's a little bit of movement, so I always will cast an aspect of the fox at the very start of the fight just to let those casters uh, squeeze in one or two casts more. Uh, or when we get knockbacked. So, yeah, it's. I think at least my guild has adjusted to it, and we use them. Uh, the good thing is to try to be consistent with them so that the players can mentally have a note in their head that, oh, you know, now is when I'll get the aspect, so I will know to cast, and it's not a surprise for me, and then, oh, it's a waste, because I didn't re- even realize it was up. Now, do you have everyone in your raid set up like a weak aura or something like that to track it? Because it's kind of hard to tell when it's actually going off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Wait, isn't there a giant golden 
box on everybody's head. Oh! You can also have a big old weak aura just in the middle of your screen that ticks down as it's going, too, so... Yeah, and generally... I share that around. Yeah, I think it's just, you know, people at the start didn't track it, but as time passed, uh, they started realizing, oh, you know, maybe I really want to know when it's up, so I can scream at our hunters if they don't use it. Yeah? So... I think by now all the casters have it tracked, that is. Yeah. Now, have you ever found yourself using it as a personal gain rather than a raid-wide <laughs> movement gain? Oh, I'm not going to lie, it was definitely useful on Tectus. Uh, yeah, see, on Tectus we, we kind of use it when this, the pillars spawn at the start, so I, I don't really have it apart from the very end of the fight again. But definitely seen myself cast it just for me on uh, like Kargath, yeah, the first boss. Because when are you going to use it otherwise? There's no clear time to use it. So I'm just like, hey, you know my... Or at least when I was playing uh, Marksmanship, hey, I'm moving. I want to keep my sniper training up. Let's just use it. Or um, now that I'm playing Survival, I want to cast a focusing shot. Boom, aspect. I've been having so, the opposite problem because I use, I, I don't uh, generally use my keybind to cancel a focusing shot. I just move a little bit to, uh, you know, if explosive shot comes off or uh, lock and load procs. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've found several times, especially on Imperator, I don't know why on that fight, but I, I won't notice foxes up from the other hunter and I'll try to cancel my focusing shot and won't be able to. Yeah, I got oh, yeah. this weak or I'll give you, you'll never miss fox. <laughs> so, Roger, you mentioned you were you were playing survival. So, is everybody playing survival now? I know we we've, we've talked a little bit about it. It's gotten you know some tweaks, which seem to be buffing it up enough to make it uh, a desirable spec. But is that your your primary spec now, or does it depend on the fight? I think yeah, survival is going to be if nothing changes. If there's no surprise hot fixes one day before Mythic Foundry. Um, <laughs> I think, um, yeah, most of the fights, at least, people will be playing survival. And I think it has to do... The reason why it wasn't played as much, obviously there was a buff to Serpent Stake, right? 60% um, I think or something. It was pretty big. Yeah. Um, but also the reason why survival was performing so poorly, and it's going to be not performing so poorly in Foundry, is because of the gear that you got in Hymo. So if you check the gear that you can get... Uh, from the Heimel raid, there's only, I think, two pieces that have multi-strike on it, and multi-strike is by far the best stat for survival, whereas in Foundry, you can, I think, actually have multi-strike on every single slot. Um, maybe not one or two slots not having it, but yeah. So basically, it's going to play to the strength of survival, which is multi-strike, and hence the scaling will be really good. Um, Plus, I think survival is a bit more versatile. The only part that is bad for survival is the fact that it doesn't have any cooldown. So if on a certain boss you want to do some burn uh, DPS, you won't have that egg, something to push it, push some damage in you know 30 seconds, like massive amounts of damage. So that's the only downfall, I think. And Artemis, are you playing mostly survival? I know you'd mentioned, uh, I think you sort of tweeted out with BlackRock Foundry, that there are going to be a lot of AoE 
encounter. So are you looking, do you think beast mastery will come into play more there or um, survival? It'll, when I was counting in my head how many uh, actual AOE fights there were, I think there is roughly five. So that can make BM uh, an interesting variable when it comes to progression. Um, goodness, I would have to go back on my beta notes and confirm that completely. So right now, as of now, I'm still maining survival. Yeah, There's just numerous of fights where um, mass AOE for a long period of time. Uh, trains. Let's talk about Thogar. That's a good fight where there's going to be consistent amounts of AoE just pouring in, and BM will definitely have its time to shine there. See, that's unfortunate because I haven't tested Train boss at all. No? Nope. It's one of the bosses that I didn't actually get to try out because the beta was during the summer and might have been on vacations. Um, yep. Sorry, uh, but I wanted to say something for survival, okay? So initially everyone was like, oh, what a boring spec, you know, no cooldowns, no, it's so boring, the rotation. But I actually mm -hmm. have found that it's pretty interesting if you play with focusing shot, which you pretty much need to. Yeah. Unless, unless there is a fight where you, there's constant movement, where you might want to go lone wolf, I think focusing shot is a must, because that's the main problem of survival in my eyes, it's the, the focus starving. You want to throw out, you know, oh, there are two targets, throw arcane shots right and left because of the serpent's thing doing so much damage. Um, and then, you know, maybe, oh, I want to do a multi-shot here, and I still have to throw my Murder of Crows and Black Arrow. That's a lot of, uh, a lot of focus that you need. Plus, when you get the lock and load, yeah, okay, you don't waste focus, but it's also three global cooldowns where you're not generating any, just the passive one and you actually pretty much lose it with the third explosive shot. So you, got, you really get the feeling like, oh, I need more focus, and getting focusing shot definitely solves that, and it feels way more fluid and way more fun for me at least. So yeah, must admit, I end, ended up enjoying survival more than I thought I would. Same. I didn't really think I would appreciate its playstyle uh, in WAD, but I actually am having a lot of fun with it currently, going through farm and high mall. Yeah, I think it's a good spec. I mean, like I said, it's, it's, uh, it has the, the simplest rotation of, of any of the three, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and I like focusing shot as an ability. I think it's just, other than not being able to cast it while moving, I just think it's a, it's a neat ability. But are, are you pairing that then with, with steady focus, or do you use Thrill of the Hunt for the focus regen? See, now, I, uh, I've tried both. I've tried both. Um, so for some fights, I've been trying out Lone Wolf, that there's a lot of movement, especially if I'm doing some special job. Um, I'm not 100% sure if, if it's better or not than uh, Focusing Shot. It kind of depends how good you play. And uh, yeah, as I said, if you're doing a special job like on Margog, dealing with a debuff moving all the time, uh, like I do, it kind of feels like you're hurting yourself by taking Focusing Shot because you can't really cast it. Uh, as uh, as often as you wanna, and therefore I go there with uh, Lone Wolf and Thrill of the Hunt because there's no way I'm getting steady focus and having to do two Cobra shots back to back all the time. That's that's yeah, that's really not happening. But to go back to your initial question, 
when I'm using focusing sword, I usually do get steady focus, but I've seen results that thrill of the hand is also pretty much the same in terms of DPS. So I'm not sure if uh, someone has seen it with uh, after the latest changes. Uh, I think they're really close, both of the talents, but I do prefer steady focus personally. I guess I'll defer to Bendek and Delirium. Have either of you, you guys have looked at some of this stuff. I mean, what, do you, what have you seemed to find? Yeah, in theory, steady focus is definitely ahead if you're taking focusing shot. Um, I, it was something like half a percent in my gear, which isn't all mythic at the moment. Um, and so I, I would assume that gap is growing even more once you're at a 585 or a little over 585. Uh, but yeah, it's... It's it's kind of the, I think we did a post. I don't know if it was on the Warcraft Hunters Union or one of the bloggers, but uh, it looks it's kind of neat that switching one talent means you have to switch a couple others. Uh, you definitely want Thrill of the Hunt with, with uh, Lone Wolf, and and not just because the Cobra shots make steady focus harder to do, but also just the arcane shots are more powerful and uh, just that much more meaningful to get out more of them. I still do enjoy Thrill of the Hunt a lot with uh, Focusing Shot, even though it sims a bit lower. Uh, in some fights, it's just easy to be able to ignore, you know, and spam out several uh, arcanes in a row without having to think about it if you have to switch targets a lot and trying to dot them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's nice to have the choice. Yeah, don't, I've said it, I don't know, I think I've said it in the previous time I was on this podcast, but I'm not sure. But I've been saying it always, I would like to have the option of having both Lone Wolf and Focusing Shot. I don't know if you guys are with me, but <laughs> yeah, that would be the ideal scenario for me. I hate that I have to settle having a pet if I want to play actually fo- with Focusing Shot. That's, uh, yeah. That's, really uh, me. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. Because I remember at BlizzCon we talked briefly about what your idea of how the talent model should be. And I really think it's an interesting thought that you should express real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, so basically I've had this idea for a long time, I think since the beta, um, where I think it fits, uh, how do you say it, thematically? I don't know if that's mm-hmm. a word. All right, uh, so I think it fits thematically better to have Lone Wolf in the tier together with the other pet talents, so Matter of Crows and uh, uh, Stampede. And basically, Lone Wolf should be replacing Blink Strikes, in my eyes. Um, obviously, if you're Beast Mastery, you get the adaptation one. Because uh, basically, they're the, the same talent, for Beast Mastery, it's just increasing percent of your pet damage and giving you some extra abilities, like you, which you really don't care about that much. Um, so yeah, it feels like it could easily be placed there. So it's the pet talent tree, and if you don't want to play with a pet, you can use it there. And it actually is, uh, I think it's the level 75 talents, yeah? And I'm pretty sure that Warlocks also have a talent at level 75 where they can sacrifice their pet and play without a pet. So it even fits you know, across the classes. Uh, you can make that choice at that point and change your playstyle. And yeah, I think, again, thematically, on the level 100 talents, you have the uh, um, uh, munitions, the, um, what's it called? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
exotic, exotic munitions. munitions. Exotic, exotic munitions, which basically enhances your auto shots, right? Um, and then you have the focusing shot, which enhances your focus generating shots. And then it feels weird that you have, oh, you don't have a pet as a talent. It should be something that also enhances your shots, I feel. And yeah, it, uh, so thematically, I think it fits to have uh, the, that talent moved up. And Blink Strikes, let's face it, it's kind of boring as a talent. It's just a passive. So why have two passives where you can just merge them in, into one? Obviously, you know, adjust the values and everything. Uh, and yeah, get another cool other talent there so that uh, also there is another option for PvP. I mean, I haven't PvP'd, I'll admit that, but I think it's uh, pretty obvious that you cannot play without a pet in PvP, so Lone Wolf is pretty much a uh, you know, useless talent, and Focusing Sword also you cannot play with because you can't stand still and cast Focusing Sword, so I think most people are usually going for exotic munitions. I mean, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but yeah, it feels like there could be another option there. Something cool, something... Uh, I don't know. I mean, Initially, I actually had the idea of steady focus there, yeah, but then they went and put it uh, <laughs> in the other talent, so I was like, damn, I don't know now. Yeah, that would be an interesting choice between Lone Wolf and A Murder of Crows, especially for survival right now, where we don't have a cooldown. You know, Crows has been a huge help. Uh, it's just something to pair with our trinket, if you got the unuse, or, uh, or with your pots. So I don't know how I'd make that choice right now. That'd be interesting. Yeah, as I said, I think it's not something uh, that I would put on the level 100 talent, because it feels... Like something as you should have a choice of that without taking away the choice of the other cool talents in the level 100. Um, yeah. Especially when it's a no brainer, like for marksmanship and for, uh, for Beastmaster as well. I mean, unless I'm mistaken, I don't know, there were some changes, but I'm pretty sure versatility, uh, no, versatility, what am I saying? Adaptation. Adaptation. Yeah. yeah. Um, is the talent everyone picks. So, yeah. I don't think anything's changed that. I mean, the <clears throat> that sort of super pet that it gives you just is like the really the only option for, for, for Beast Mastery by, by a long mm -hmm. shot. So, <clears throat> yeah, that's my point. I think the, the whole system right now, it has limited the options, and which is not the design that they have expressed they want to go for. Yeah, I think of the three specs, I think survival probably. Um, works best with the talents in that you can there, there's mm -hmm. more options that you feel that I, at least I feel like are available to kind of mix and match talents and, and customize things which is uh, ultimately I think what they wanted but you know the fact that they give us these DPS enhancing talents just almost makes it impossible <clears throat> to not find the best option <laughs> for, for a yep. given spec <clears throat> mm -hmm. no matter I what agree. they do you know and, and I don't know if they should ditch that idea and just make those talents all be Utility, either AOE enhancing, I mean, or or something, and, and put all everything you need for DPS, embed those into the individual specs themselves, which I, I might not be a bad idea, but I, I don't know. That's 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 probably a much larger discussion <laughs> to yeah. have. But I, mu I must say, the only thing that I'm really glad uh, that they buffed was the post haste. As I said, yeah. it feels really good now because they. They buffed it, I think, in two ways. They increased the duration from 6 to 8 seconds, mm -hmm. I think. 
And also they made it to start, like the proc of the speed buff starts when you land from the disengage and not when you cast it. So you basically gain another extra one to two seconds, which in the past you didn't because you were flying while having the speed buff, which is useless. So, yeah, I think that was an, a nice buff. And as we saw, at least in Brackenspore, I used it. And I think it probably will find some more uses if you don't need deterrences so often. Yeah, Yeah, I kind of like Crouching Tiger Hidden uh, Chimera for Brackenspore because I would sometimes cheese the waves and, <laughs> yeah, turn through them. Oh, okay, yeah. I know there's probably more efficient methods of handling it by, you know, not being in a giant tidal wave while trying to get buffs up. But, I don't know, I think in farm it's okay doing either option. Oh yeah, definitely. I just like, as I said, I think it gives you an option, which is yeah, which is the... different for that tier. Mhm. Mm so let's see. One of the things, and I, I saw someone put a note here, just switching gears a little bit, about the the black market auction house, Roger. And you you had sort of talked about yeah. had some concerns about that. Why don't we talk about that a little bit and what you've experienced being in the, the type of guild that you're in? Well, guys, I mean. Let's be honest, I think everyone that, at least the top guilds, everyone has gone bankrupt in this expansion. I think I've spent, damn, I don't even know. I would say personal gold now, right? Like personal, personal gold. No help from the guild bank. I've spent at least half a million, probably close to 600, 700,000 gold, um, which is in my eyes, it's ridiculous. Um, and, yeah, I mean, the Black Market Auction House specifically, uh, I personally went and bid on uh, some wrists, which is, okay, like, not, not the huge, not the biggest upgrade ever for me, because I already had um, 685, but uh, they were Warforged, so I'm like, okay, let's get them. And I ended up paying half a million gold for them. Of course, there is some, we have a system to... Like the guild bank helps with the black market auction house purchases, uh, purchases. but yeah, in the end, um, I ended up. <laughs> it, it almost felt like I was doing extra hours to make up that gold to pay back, you know, the people that uh, lended me some gold there. And uh, yeah, I, I, to sum it up, I think the black market auction house should not have items that are non-obtainable. Uh, at the same time. So, uh, for example, I think a system similar to the missions that your followers go on would be the, uh, the best. So if, if there is a raid and you can actually go in and get those items in that difficulty, sure, put them on the auction house. I don't care. But what happened was before even High Mole Normal was open, there were mythic Warforged socketed items from Foundry, which is 50 eye level higher than you could get, which is absolutely absurd. And we saw obviously some guilds from um, uh, um, the Asian servers. Chinese servers. Yeah, Chinese servers. They abused that system, and I don't, I don't think it's their fault to be honest. I think Blizzard should not have those items there because who, who are they really pleasing having those items up there? They go for absurd amounts, which means that people with absurd amounts of gold, which we don't know how they obtained, okay, some shady probably deals there and they ended up with 
a million gold and they go and bid on them. And okay, like, is that really some really important gameplay that keeps the people in the game interested? Nah, I don't think so. So, I think they could easily remove them. Or make them, as I said, be the current available gear uh, that you can raid and get. Yeah, I remember talking to the item guy um, who was behind most of the uh, backlash from it, and he just completely said that it's fun and rewarding and didn't really clarify much else from there. And it's like, I agree with you 100%. And I feel like if people had the access to server transferring multiply like the Chinese did, I feel like other guilds would have been doing it as well. Mm-hmm. Just because yeah. they made it so accessible and it's like, it really shouldn't be like that. It's a pretty broken system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't see how it's that fun. At least every time... You know what? It's actually funny, because whenever there's an item, let's say it's the male wrists, yeah, that I got. Whenever it's a male item, for example, all the hunters and the shamans are like, oh, shit, you know? I have to go and buy this now and spend all my fortune on it. So it's not even fun. It's like the opposite, because you feel obligated to go and bid on it. At least from the top guilds, of course, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, yeah, so somebody saying. can... Oh, go ahead. Somebody can clarify this, but uh, I, I thought I saw a post uh, WoW Progress was not going to include in uh, the next tier anybody who's been server transferring to uh, for purchases. Anybody see that post? Yeah. So what... Can you clarify? what's what What are they doing? They're basically going to monitor guilds I'm assuming more so top tier guilds who are uh, taking really big advantage of the system and they're going to exclude them from the race if they're caught uh, moving their tunes around constantly just to get copious amounts of black or, um, you know, I guess foundry gear because I don't think they're going to have next next tier gear out yet. Uh, is so this happening for foundry or that. for the next tier? It's for Did foundry. Okay. Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're not removing anyone from for Heimol who did it, but they're gonna use it for Foundry. That's what I, what I got at least. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair solution. I, you know, you can't blame anybody for taking as you know getting any ahead that they can, but in the future, that's not a fun race. So, but I mean, yeah. that's just well progress, and I'm pretty sure those guys won't care if they're like pushing Blackrock Foundry twenty item levels higher than the next guild, and I don't know. World third, guys. <laughs> the amount of yeah. just watching their kill video from Margok, just how quick they did it and the week that they did do it, just because each player had like three pieces of gear that isn't even obtainable from the next hero raid yet. It's just, it's unreal. Yeah, that does seem very in in imbalanced. And I know Blizzard doesn't really do anything official with the. Sort of these world firsts in the race, but it, it it is a thing, and it's an important thing in the community. Whether you participate in it or or or, or watch it, it's just something that the community does <clears throat> pay attention to. I mean, you know, and Blizzard certainly cares enough to bring you know, like certainly Roger, they brought your guild up to to BlizzCon and had you guys go head to head with some of the high mall uh, bosses and and do a little bit of a race there. So you would think they would be cognizant of these things that could cause this potential imbalance and and not allow it to exist. In the game, 
Right, like but that. I think I think as I said, um, from my perspective, yes, okay, I'm I'm glad that Well Progress is doing that because that's what the community sees. Um, but for me personally, I think the way that Blizzard could limit this is, as I said, just limit what gear is available on the black market auction house. Because yes, it's fun, but isn't it fun also after the like, okay, now have the Mythic Heimold gear. It will be fun for someone to buy that too. Why is it fun to buy a Foundry item and not the Heimold item now, Mythic? So I think it's it's a simple solution to everyone's problem because, okay, if they want to go to different servers and buy the items that I can obtain by doing the same raid, so even in the, in the first week, the normal slash heroic week, they want to go and get some extra gear, Yes, okay, it's not really going to be that impactful if it's the same eye level as I have. And also, must must say that um, you need to keep in mind, there are only the, let's say, the worst items available there, right? So it's the wrists, the the necks, the rings, and uh, uh, what is it? The boots, uh, belts, I don't know. It's like the least amount of stat items, right? So you won't see a chest there or a helm or a pants which have way bigger amount of stats. So it's not really that impactful, and if it's the same gear as you can obtain through rating at that given time, then I'm fine with it, even if they go and spend their... What do they have there? Yens? <laughs> go spend their money and transfer across. Yeah, and that makes perfect sense. And then sort of keeping with the idea of this, this balance. So how did you guys find the 20-man... The Mythic. I mean, it seemed like that was a good change to kind of uh, keep the numbers, you know, for Mythic at a at a consistent uh, amount across the board. And, and, and twenty seemed like a good amount. Yeah, I I really like the uh, the streamlined one hard mode um, version of rating because it makes the playing field I feel very competitive. You see. 10-man guilds who turned 20-man and they're doing phenomenal or, you know, 25-mans that had the downgrade and um, slightly, of course, because it's not really that big of a jump, but, you know, you get the picture. And I really like the streamlined competition. It's just, it's nice. Um, yeah, I agree totally on the streamlining of the competition. Uh, everyone competing for the same, on the same difficulty, basically, of the, uh, the bosses. Um, I must admit, though, it was kind of uh, weird, let's say, for uh, our guild specifically. When you're used to playing 25-man for so long, then suddenly, basically, you have to cut down on the roster. That caused some issues. Um, but yeah, I mean, eventually, I think it's for the best, and it's a good change. Just, you know, a little bit of adjustment needed. And, uh, yeah. I think it's good. I was excited when they announced it, so I'm still all for it. Yeah, there is nothing not fun about Mythic, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Everything seemed to be pretty rad this year. I think it helped also with balancing the fights a bit. They seemed pretty well-tuned overall. So oh, when they yeah. can focus on one difficulty uh, instead of thinking, oh, but this mechanic, can it be handled by 10-man? I mean, it ends up being very easy or very hard for Tenman or vice versa. So it it made them, I think, way easier to uh, 
to tune the process properly. You kind of lose that gated whiningness from each side to like, oh, 25 man's harder or no, 10 man's harder. It's like, no, it's 20 man now. All y'all get to deal with it. Yeah, I miss those comments sometimes. It was really... <laughs> Some of them are what funny. It, I don't know. When it was 50% of the comments about this, you know, now it feels awkward. There's, there's not any of them. What? What, what are we going to complain about now? We need to find something new, guys. <laughs> yeah. Well, you do get the uh, unfortunate Tamian guilds that are still stuck in MOP who are like, we can't recruit up for Mythic. I, I see some of those, but not as apparent. So I'm actually, this isn't exactly a hunter question, but I'm curious, Roger, as a raid leader, uh, what did you guys use as a rubric, or how did you decide how to go down to 20? Was this mostly just by the numbers, or did you have a, you said there was kind of a little drama. How did you guys make those decisions? Uh, so it was a bit hard, because um, it's really hard to judge someone uh, when the content is so easy. So... You know, Caesar of Orgrimmar, we had it in farm for a whole year, over a year. So it's really hard at the end of it to make, you know, be certain who, which player is the best by judging from this, uh, from the current things. So it was, you know, there was a lot of talking and thought process behind it. And, you know, maybe it wasn't the, the perfect, but... Uh, the perfect choices, let's say, made. But I think, at least after Heimel, it was clear, or at least clearer for us, how we want to move forward and uh, adjust for Foundry in terms of the roster. I mean, how much turnover do you, do you get in, in your guild, Roger? I mean, is that, is that I would imagine it's pretty stable, or, or do, you, do you have a lot of people just sort of, sort of coming and going? Uh, no. It's... Uh, it's really hard, let's say, to accept an application, especially now, especially now, because uh, as as we said, we dropped down to 21, which means that to recruit someone, he would basically have to compete with less people than before for a spot, which means that it's harder, obviously, for him to make the cut. So it is, yeah, there's, because we've had some members for so long and we know their qualities and we know that they're going to be there, you know, and we know how they're going to perform. And you get used to them. It's kind of, you know, it's it's like a team. You know your teammates better than you will know someone who joins now. So unless there's like a, unless we see someone underperforming or, you know, not interested so much in the game, we don't really feel the need to try out some someone new. Of course, if the application is like out of this world, you know, we'll still get him in and trial him. But uh, or her, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't say there's a lot of moving around. Like you know, I would assume less than five people every tier. Yeah, so that that that's very stable then. Cool. <clears throat> uh, so, do you guys have any other other questions for Roger, or do we want to move on and talk about some of the? Changes coming in six one or <clears throat> let's go on to changes. Yeah, so let's let's talk about so this week or not this well since the last podcast I should say <clears throat> uh, we got some hot fixes that were applied 
to the live game, which is some some of the class tuning changes. Um, so Beast Mastery in particular, and Bendek, you play you play Beast Mastery. Uh, that seems to be your favorite spec. So why don't you talk about uh, the change that went into effect? Yeah, basically the mastery got buffed a little bit. Um, it's the base mastery went up from sixteen percent to eighteen percent pet damage, and you get twelve point five percent more. Um, you know, bang for your buck from the stat. It's really not that big of a buff. It's like if you combine it with the haste buff they had, it's like two to three percent extra damage. I guess the main change is that it made mastery um, the top stat over multi strike for BM. But this is BM, so it's not like a drastic difference in stats. Like their stats are so close. Like it's crazy how close they are. There's really if you play a lot of BM, there's really not like a bad piece of gear because they're so close, except for maybe like versatility. But uh, <clears throat> so let me ask as this question. I'll ask you, Roger, this. So when when you see like a change like that, where where something like, and I know you don't play Beast Mastery, but let's just say theoretically it was the 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 mm-hmm. best spec. <clears throat> I mean, is that some would you something you would do then? Would you carry around maybe a couple sets of gear? Would you? I mean, I mean so if you saw a need to say have Beast Mastery and Survival as your as your top specs, would be inclined to Reenchant stuff, regem stuff if need be on fights that needed beast mastery to to prioritize mastery over multi striker. How do you would you handle something like that? Um. So basically, for uh, are you talking about progression or are you talking about farm now? Because oh well, progression mainly progression because I, I right, figure so- farm it probably doesn't matter what you do for the most part, but progression really. Yeah, for progression, I would definitely yeah. If I'm if there's a fight, then I have to switch to Beast Mastery, and the best stat at that point, even by a small margin, is you know Mastery, or maybe you know there is a fight where you need more AOE or you need you know, and then the stat weights a bit change, then yes, definitely I would re-enchant and spend more of my precious gold and regem and everything. Uh, to the best stat, but in general, yeah, for farm, I like for example, I was playing um, uh, what's it called? I was playing marksmanship, so I was enchanting and uh, gemming for crit, uh, and then now that I switched to survival, I changed, switched it all over to multi strike, um, and yeah, so definitely would change to the best stat, even if it's a small margin for progression. I 100% agree. Now, in terms of gear, um, I mean, it's there's a problem now because you don't really have as much gear as you want to have. So, uh, for example, say you get an item that has a socket, a mythic socketed item. Then if you have the, another item that you know, has different stats, but doesn't have a socket, but has better stats for the other spec, it's probably not even better to use that just because it doesn't have a socket. So in that case, you don't really get to switch gear. So I don't I don't really think it's viable right now because there's so limited gear and you have to, we kind of spread it all over the place, right? To be as well geared, to have everyone as well geared as possible for Foundry uh, because it was so close with Heimel. You don't really have the luxury of having extra amounts of gear to to play around with. Um, not to mention, there's not really that many items, anyways, right? It's like the only items that are double 
meaning there are two off uh, for one slot. I think right now is only the boots, the neck, and then the ones dropping from the chest, which is the cloak and the belt. Everything else, you only have one off, so you can't really choose anyways. Um, yeah. So that's interesting with the, uh, with the helm that's available right now. It's pretty terrible for survival. So I'm, I'm curious, unless you've gotten one with a, a gem socket or a, a Warforge, I think you're still better off even taking the 670 level crafted gear if you can get it with uh, the right stats than that haste mastery. Uh, helm, which just makes really weird that you have to make that decision or look at that. Um, yeah, that's that's possibly right. The the only reason why I don't really I haven't really looked into it, although yeah, you're right. The helm is terrible uh, for uh, survival, is because like ninety nine percent I will end up getting a a tier from Foundry to get the socket uh, the socket the tier bonuses. So I don't really think about it too much. I'm, I'm just, you know, expecting to get the tier set, which is obviously going to be better, and use that instead. Yeah, and speaking of the the tier, I mean, what's so? Yeah, that'll be finally they'll, they'll release the the ability to get the tier year and and the set bonuses <clears throat> with BlackRock Foundry. I mean, what's the impact going to be? On these specs, does it change anything? What you might want to prefer? I mean, are the bonuses or the bonuses seem pretty, pretty even overall as far as the specs are concerned in terms of the um, benefits each one. I was I was linked the Google Doc actually with the uh, the gains that each spec gets from the two piece and the four piece and all of that. I don't know. Should I link it actually? Do you want to share it on Skype? All right, I'll share it on the Skype. Give me a sec. Because I think I'm not allowed to link it on the stream, or it will not show. I don't know if it will or not. I'm not sure how we've set that up, but we can. One of us can certainly do it. I think. All right. Um. So. Yeah. The it doesn't seem like the hunters are getting as big of a benefit from the pieces. Uh, the peace bonuses, uh, as other classes are, <clears throat> mages and warriors. <clears throat> uh, uh, but yeah, I think it doesn't really change much in terms of the uh, specs, the three specs. Survival, I think, is still ahead of uh, the other two specs in terms of DPS, even if you get uh, the tiers, uh, the tier bonuses, and yeah, beast mastery, you probably only want to play it if it's really a lot of AoE and you want to beast cleave it out. So yeah, I don't think it's going to change the balance between the specs. But uh, it's going to be a nice bonus, of course. Yes, it will be nice to, to, to get those. And I, I haven't looked to know. I know there's going to be in addition to BlackRock Foundry, which is opening up, I believe February 3rd is when the, when the doors open. So it's not, not, too, far, not too far out. But well, there's going to be another world boss, and I don't know if that world boss is going to drop the tier gear. I suspect they've done away with that at this point. But if any of you guys can confirm that, I mean that's the way it used I think to be. We can used to be able... see here. Yeah, um, it should be in the dungeon journal. Yeah, that's Brookmar. Right? Doesn't appear to drop tier. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you know, obviously last expansion, that's the way they they did it. You could usually get what the the, the gloves and the legs off of there, but no, in, which is a 
an easy way to get a, a, a two-piece bonus. But uh, I think they've just kept it all in Black Rock Foundry at this point. So that's where you're going to have to go raid to get your stuff. And Right. And I, I, I have heard something which is really not pleasant for me. Uh, I really hope it's, <laughs> it's not that way. I'm, uh, I want you to confirm or deny what you know. Um, I've heard that the tier pieces are going to drop the tokens mm-hmm. and you're not going to know if it's socketed or if it's Warforged yeah. until you actually buy the item from the I heard, vendor. I heard that too, yeah. Yeah, they confirmed Owen Langren, I'll link his Twitter, um, he confirmed that a long while back that um, basically you can open it there, but you don't know if it's going to be Warforged or socketed until after it's open and it's untradeable once you open it. Okay. Yeah, oh, and my and my understanding is you weren't going to have to go to the vendor that you'd be able to use the gear right there, but it was going to be like a, a, a sort of an on-use item, if you will, where you'd open it to see what it was. So you know what makes get... the game fun is wasting gear. Yeah. 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 I can't wait for that to happen, where you give tokens to the third alt that you know you won't even play ever. And then he clicks it, and it's Warforged with Leech and uh, Socket. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, what? I wanted that on my main. But, oh, too bad you can't use it because it's a secret bonus, which you, I, I don't know, I think. Yeah, uh, this is... They really went... I really think they went wrong in that field completely. Because... I think it's going to get messy. Oh, yeah. But Especially. when they argued against it, they're like, it's fun. It gives you incentive to come back again and again. No, it doesn't. Well, it, yeah, maybe it gives you the incentive to come back, but you're going to come back. Not most people are going right. to come back anyway. Right. Most people are going to farm regardless. But it's going to give you the incentive to roll on that tier piece even if you've gotten it yeah, week after week after is, week. So, yeah. you know, if you have three hunters, I mean, obviously, you know, the guild will probably be nice and make sure everyone gets one beforehand. But still, you know, at some point you're always going to be rolling on that that gear until you get the the at least warforged i imagine and even beyond that trying to get like that perfect <laughs> combination of like a socket and everything else <clears throat> yeah i actually think uh, socket is better than warforged from mm-hmm. one of, except for the weapons of course and the trinkets yeah, right now um but yeah on on that argument i've heard it a million times that you know it's an incentive to come back i've always found it more fun Okay, I got my gear with my hunter. Now I go and play my alt yeah. and yeah. have fun with different character. Instead of playing the same thing over and over again and getting disappointed over and over again. In you know, just oh waiting for the Warforged socket weapon and never getting it. Instead of going with other characters and learning more of the game and more classes and being more, you know I don't know. Yeah, and I mean, and looking at that from your perspective too. I mean, you know, keep in mind. I mean, well, you know, if you're not doing this high-end progression stuff, yeah, maybe you reach a point where you're satisfied with the the gear set that your your main character has. But with you guys, you know, every little where you're trying to squeeze every little stat, every ounce of DPS, and everything, you might want to keep going and going on your mains, uh, looking ahead to the next tier that's coming out, so you're as geared as possible when when all that starts. I suppose. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah, we're gonna need to go with our mains every single week, and then have other raids for our alts, 
which means more more rating. Sure, okay, yeah, we're gonna be rating more, but it takes away. F- it's not enjoyment at that point. It's just grinding, instead of thinking, oh, you know Eating. this, <laughs> this, yeah, oh this this class. I didn't know it's so fun to heal. Oh, you know, I don't know. I think it's way better to. I would rather see more incentive to uh, more incentives to have alts in the game instead of having more incentives to do the exact same thing with your main over and over again right, for right. minor differences. Yeah. Well, it's not far. We'll see how it as it goes in a couple of weeks when when Blackrock opens. There are some other changes now we're looking at too. Um, and of course, six. I think Blackrock will, Foundry will clearly be out before six point one hits. But we had some. Uh, trap changes coming our way for survival and in, in, in the nerf direction. Does someone want to cover those? Um, well, I'll cover briefly. Um, so basically, Trap Mastery got axed slightly, and they completely changed the perk um, for survival for um, traps. Crap, what is it called? Trap Mastery? Enhanced yeah, okay, traps. Yeah. Enhanced traps is the one I'm looking for. So the cooldown reductions for all the traps got changed again. Uh, because right now, as most people know, survival has been a uh, thorn aside for a lot of people in especially PvP environments where the 12-second traps are just you know, a little too much control, I believe, on the board. So I think they changed them back to either 24 seconds or 30-second CDs again just for the ice traps. And then Explosive Trap got a 20-second cooldown. Actually, all the traps are 20 seconds now for survival. All of them are. Yeah. Okay. Still, it went up from 12 seconds to 20 seconds. Yeah, I think I think they... Wait, for survival, yeah, they're 20 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, yeah, in-game, they... live, they're 12. So in PTR, they're going to be 20 seconds. Yeah, I think what happened was there was uh, a perk which made your um, trap have six seconds less cooldown. So from 30 seconds, it went to 24. And then there was another perk which reduced it by 50%, so it went down to 12. But uh, now that perk, instead of 50%, it's 33%. And I think they removed the six-second part completely. So from 30 seconds, if you remove 33%, now it's 20 seconds. Uh, I think yep. that was how they changed it. Uh, and actually something that I, I don't know how many people do this, but uh, it, you actually do use Explosive Trap a lot as survival. Uh, even even for single target DPS, you, you I mean, you should, I don't know, if that's... Uh, a proper word, but it's good if you use it because basically it's a free, no no uh, focus cost GCD, and at least from the simcrafts I've seen, it's you know it's better to use it than not. Yeah, and so this yep. will actually be interesting. It wasn't a huge buff to use it over arcane shot, but it was a you know a DPS increase, and now. We have it, so we have it eight seconds less often, but it also got a 30% damage increase. Um, so I'm, I'm not sure where it's, if that's gonna, for PvE single target, if that's gonna be a nerf or it might end up being a small buff. And, uh, for anybody concerned about Black Arrow being tied into any of the CD changes, 
Black Arrow still will have a 24-second cooldown. Nothing will be altered about it. Mm. Yeah, I think and I like... damage buffed, yeah. I think I like the chains for explosive drop because it did feel that you had to throw it way too often. Mm-hmm. Like every 12 seconds you throw it and it has a 10 second duration. It, you almost had it all up all the time. And it did feel kind of weird throwing so many traps. Uh, you know? Yeah, so I, I, I kind of like the chains that it's going to be less often. Um, yeah. So I think I don't mind the chains. PvPers probably aren't as happy, but. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Its impact on PvP. I mean, the best hunter PvPers right now are taking BM and MM. Um, but I think for kind of the lower tier of PvPers, like myself, more for example, <laughs> it was you know it was a nice way to kind of be cheesy and um, and it didn't require a ton of skill. Um, I mean, once you get to higher uh, ratings, there's you know healers know how to dispel it very quickly or you run out of DR if you're only trapping the healer. So it's not that huge of a benefit at the top end. Uh, but I think for kind of average, low to average PVPers, it's going to be a pretty big nerf for them. Yeah, I mean, yep. still eight seconds more isn't too big of a deal, but I can definitely see people being a bit upset about that change. Um, I see a comment talking about how they don't like explosive trap in their rotation, and I actually don't mind survival finally having a trap kind of being used for their DPS rotation. Um, and that might sound weird, but I think it's okay for the spec based around traps to use a trap for damage gain. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, sometimes it can be annoying if you have some issues with uh, the camera. Like, for example, on Tectus, when I'm standing at the very edge of the room, and, it, it you know, I do a sidestep while I th- want to throw the trap, and suddenly my camera goes all the way inside, and I end up throwing the trap in front of my feet instead of on the boss. Or, you know, I'm sure many of you have thrown some mm-hmm. traps over on some sandaliers or something hanging from the wall. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> by mistake. So... Yeah, that's always not so fun. But I think overall, it's okay. Yeah, theoretically, I could see a point that it probably shouldn't be a GPS gain if you throw it uh, for a single target increase. But, you know, maybe on two targets plus, it definitely, I feel like definitely you should be um, throwing it. Uh, Yeah, I don't mind it as much, especially now that it's going to be longer cooldown. I think it's okay, let's say, because let's face it, the rotation, as we've said, is not really that complicated. So throw in an extra thing. Um, and I finally found, you know, a use uh, for my uh, uh, keybind, let's say, that was gone with kill shot. Because normally my trap keybinds are not really the best. They are Alt 2, Alt 3, and Alt 4, because I don't use them as often. But when you're throwing them on your rotation, you want a more um, an easier keybind to press. So I put the explosive trap on my kill shot keybind, and works amazing. So I'm glad there's no gap on my action bars anymore. <laughs> yeah. We talked about this last week too, and uh, one of the good tips we brought up was that 
if you want to try this out, the best place to do the explosive trap in your rotation is to, to line it up when you're casting your focusing shot or your cobra shot. Because then you don't waste any potential, you know, GCDs and you can, you know, it's just, it's really nice. I was trying it out this week. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I think it's nice uh, also because, you know, sometimes you want to wait one global cooldown before something is ready. Like, for example, imagine you have 40 focus and your black arrow is one second off the global cooldown, but you don't want to cast an arcane shot because then you won't have enough focus for your black arrow. Mm-hmm. So at that point, mm-hmm. you know, you throw the explosive trap and it feels awesome. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it's not really my top priority. Oh, I need to get it out as fast as possible as soon as it's ready. Uh, although that might change if it got buffed uh, in terms of the DPS. But yeah, it's uh, it gives you a little bit of flexibility, which I like with your focus. I don't know. We just need Bear Trap back. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad idea. I mean, uh, obviously, <clears throat> in the bear trap was going to be the, what the answer to the you know sort of little bit of burst that survival needed. But uh, I guess they seem content to 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 a keep keep survival at a hundred focus. It's the only spec that doesn't get that that extra bit in. Of course, doesn't have uh-huh. the DPS burst and and it doesn't seem like stampede, which looked like it could have filled that gap. Is really. Uh, uh, as big an increase as you would you would hope, so it just sort of stays shelved right now. I mean, is there any scenario where you guys are finding to use Stampede at all, or is it just pretty much the odd man out on that tier? Yeah, I, I don't really see any fights right now where Stampede would take place over another talent. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I don't think, especially now that they made the Murder of Crows be more bursty. Um, it kind of fills that role as well. Like, imagine there is something where mm-hmm. you need some decent amount of burst to get an add down as fast as possible. Uh, you can use the Murder of Crows there, and it's going to be fine. You don't really need the Stampede to cover that. Uh, and not to mention, I was super mad with Stampede back in the beta when it felt really wrong when you casted it. I don't know, for some reason, all, all of your pets would... St- spawn on top of your target but then yeah. start running towards you and then they go back to the target and I'm like what are they doing are they oh, dancing yeah. so I'm like I'm done I'm done with stampede <laughs> not, not using it ever again yeah I think now that most people have gone over to focusing shot um, there's not as much benefit from stampede so it's it's you know 25% less powerful or less of a buff than it was with lone wolf yeah, I think uh, there's no reason to take it, honestly. Unless you feel overwhelmed, let's say, having so many buttons and you want to just press them P at the start of the fight and never think about it. But realistically, you know, Murder of Crows, I think it's fine. Although, to, to you know, repeat myself, I don't know, if, again, if I've said this in a previous show, but... <coughs> Sorry. I think the Murder of Crows could be a bit more interesting. In terms of you know the extra effect that it has, oh, if the target dies, it resets the cooldown. Eh, I don't think that's very interesting at all. I think they could have put something different there to make it more interesting and uh, more. Uh, how can I say it? More uh, uh, interactive with your rotation, 
or with your playstyle. You know, maybe, you know, oh, when the target dies, it jumps to the nearest target. You know, I don't know, something. Yeah. Sorry. Or, you know, maybe when the target dies, they all come back to you and heal you like a Nubarak. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Just something different because it really feels like, meh, okay, it's reset, okay. You know, yeah. like the only time yeah. where I actually can find some use of it. And still, it's kind of like, how can you know? Because it's not really going to be effective if the target dies in the middle of its duration, right? Like, if it only was there for seven seconds... Yeah, okay, it reset. You still have to spend another 30 focus to cast it again, and you only got half of the damage from it the first time. So the only time it's actually really effective is if the target dies at the last two seconds or something of the cast. And you need to be a mathematical genius or something to figure that out. The only time where I've actually used it and I've seen it, you know, kind of work is on Margok. During the intermissions, when I'm DPSing one of the war mages, um, and you know, if I've kind of figured when around to use it, you know, around 30% or so. Like it depends on your DPS as a raid. You know, it's different, obviously, um, depending how many people are nuking that target. But if you use it, and then it dies off, and it's at the end of the cast, and then I switch to the other Gorian war mage and cast it again, and I feel like, oh, suddenly, you know. I'm doing a lot of DPS, but that's the only time where I've actually seen it kind of working. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I feel like Margok, and I've, I've gotten pretty good results with it on uh, Brackenspore, especially at the beginning there where the ads are pretty predictable, or whatever that second ad is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying there is no use to it. It just feels like it's not really that rewarding even if it does work the best case scenario, because you still have to spend focus to recast it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I think they could do something better with it. So, yeah. another change coming in 6.1 that kind of got data mined. Um, pet battle res will be useful, finally. Oh, you know yeah, we means? almost forgot about that. Yes. I, yeah. I can't forget about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, talk Wait, about what? what did they do there? And okay, it was needed, so, by the way. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I don't know. I don't want to take too much blame for it, but um, I kind of argued with the right person at BlizzCon that our pet battle res is completely useless for the fact that we had to like manually click and move our pet over on top of a body to res them because the range is so bad. That um six point one, the range for all pet reses will be increased to about forty yards. Oh so yeah. So you can actually for a there, hopefully rest somebody. <laughs> okay, yeah. For a moment there, I thought you were talking about pet battles, and I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> about, what? Okay, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's true. That's a uh, that's an interesting change for sure. Um, yeah. And it's one of those. It's 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 a nice change. I mean it. it it doesn't come into play a lot, but I mean, this uh, past week, I actually, we for whatever reason, one of the raids we were doing, we, we nobody had a battle res, so I had to bring that pet. I actually had to use it on someone, and it was a pain to try and hunt them down and get in the right range just to be able to bring them up. And of course, you know, usually when someone dies like that and you need to bring them up, you don't have a lot of time to waste. It's you, you know, you usually want them up immediately, and uh, 
this will this will make that just all the all the more easy. Yeah, hopefully yep. they actually like listen and it's like a decent range. I mean, forty yards is pretty pretty big change from the twenty that it was originally. So we'll see how it works out. I think it's actually I've actually found myself uh, using a lot of the uh, master's call as well to mm -hmm. adjust the pet's position fast because you know sometimes. Uh, I, I must admit, I put my pet on uh, assist, so whatever I'm DPSing, it goes there automatically, even though I end up using my keybind to attack, I don't know, um, maybe I should put it back on passive. But yeah, sometimes it felt like the pet would, for some reason, go on the wrong target when I switched targets, even though I called it back. So I end up using Master Scrolls a lot, and uh, uh, yeah, again, on the Margog, for example. I would be DPSing Margog when he's going up on the air and then switch to the War Mage and then suddenly my pet is all the way across and it's not reaching ever and yeah so uh, I use the Master's Call there and I think with that change, uh, 40 yards, if you know where the target is you can mm -hmm. easily you know Master's Call your pet on you and use the macro to res them and then you're good because yeah you can definitely easier, uh, you can definitely easier adjust your position than your hunt, uh, your pet's position. Uh, and yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah, I Master's Call is so useful to slingshot abilities on yourself. Um, I know for all Hunter raids, people would make Master Call macros to um, with Spirit Men. So they basically slingshot and heal themselves and the pet would just go right back to the target. Spirit Men has a weird range. Mm -hmm. Speaking so. of Spirit Men... <laughs> Speaking of spirit, yeah. more, <laughs> more changes. Yeah, they're that was, that was they're buffing good, that. That was they're, a good uh, transition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're increasing the heal value by, well, they're quadrupling it actually. They're both the initial heal and the, mm -hmm. the HOT at the end, so it's pretty nice. Um, hopefully, maybe we can be using. I don't know. That's more of a nice change for BM, if anything. Yeah, it's good for soloing and you only know, BM, so yes. Well, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I think sorry, those changes on. specifically will be good for something like a challenge mode, because sometimes you go into challenge yeah. modes and you don't have a combat dress, so it's nice now to have you know a combat dress with forty yards, and then also the heal, obviously, mm -hmm. really interesting there. Um, yeah, sure, you can use the raid, obviously. If if you're not missing any buff and you don't want any special hunter ability, you should be using the heal. Uh, it's, yeah, I think it's going to be more useful than it used to be in previous expansions because of the way they changed damage and health pools. So you're not going to get nuked down instantly, usually, by some ability. You're just going to drop low. You see the whole raid dropping low and struggling to get up, you know, like in Margog Phase 3. And it's nice to have that extra heal and not depend on your healers. Yeah, you could use it on yourself or you could just leave it on autocast, I suppose, depending on how the fight is. Mm -hmm. It'll just throw it on the lowest per or whoever drops. I forget, I don't know what the threshold is, but it's like 40 or 50%. It'll throw it on someone. Yeah. yeah. I don't always feel I want to be selfish sometimes with those abilities yeah. <laughs> and just save yeah. it for myself. <laughs> Yeah, I'm thinking the exact same. Well, to be honest, it, there is a thought process behind that too, because you know sometimes you'd know when. Uh, again, 
an example from Margog, I guess. Um, or you could even say um, Korag, yeah? I don't know how your guilds are doing it, but now, at least in Chiroik, we go there and we don't really care about the ads exploding. We don't bother dragging them in the pools <laughs> to silence right? them. So we will be exploding them. But, you know, maybe there is a, a druid who is going to use Tranquility or a um, monk who is going to use the Revival and instantly, you know, heal the whole raid up. So you don't really want to auto-cast it on some target which is going to get healed no matter what. But you always know pretty much when you need the heal. When, you know, your whole raid is going to be struggling and you wanna, you're standing somewhere where you're not really going to get healed and you want to use it on you at that point. So it's all, at least if you have that kind of thought process, I think it's better to use it uh, on yourself. Yeah, the only thing to keep in mind is that it only has a 25-yard range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Artemis, can we get something for that? <laughs> you know, similar yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to your people. <laughs> That's right. You got mm. your contact and uh, get it done. <laughs> oh no, I feel bad because I wasn't trying to like um, argue with the person that I talked to over it, but it was really cool the next day when um, we toured Blizzard mm -hmm. and he's like, oh, by the way, uh, that change is coming in 6.1. And I was like, what? <laughs> no way! <laughs> That's cool. I yeah. wonder why, what, what was the complexity that they had to wait for no, an entire just... patch to fit that in versus just hot fixing it, you know, or doing it with other changes they might have. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I was going to say, maybe they just weren't aware that it's so bad, I guess to say, that they didn't mm -hmm. change it, but it's kind of weird that they waited. I don't know. November was a long time ago. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, So I know we started late, but we have kind of surpassed an hour here so what do you think uh, should we just wrap things up we don't have any listener questions and we've kind of covered all the changes here today so let's anyone uh, else has any topics they want to go over I mean we, I can stick around have, a little bit I have one small topic one oh absolutely one. yeah please uh, so I have a personal question to each and every one of you mm -hmm. do you have the Roger Brown's diamond seal in your bank or not uh, can we not talk about this? <laughs> How, have you it. disenchanted yes. it? Have you ever disenchanted it or sold it to a mere vendor for 10 gold or whatever it goes? The going price on it, I don't know. <laughs> I think it there's is. a video um, from a famous raid leader who uh, disenchanted oh, yeah. it live. Yeah, I saw that and it hurt my feelings. That's what I'm asking. <laughs> Mine is uh, sitting right beside Zahara's dragon skull crown. And Frostheim's cloak in my bank, so feel special. That's uh, cute. That's that's amazing. Thank you. Now I can uh, feel better for myself. All right, that was my topic, though. <laughs> yeah, and hey guys, I, 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 item. I, I don't have it. Um, where does it? I, I, I know what's in there. Where does it come? Where does it? Where does it, where does it drop from? I haven't. Never the last boss. Oh, okay, so no, I've I not memorized got, not or it. dropped at least. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, I haven't, yeah, I haven't got it either. But I will keep an eye out the next time I'm I'm in that instance. And no, I won't, won't de it. <laughs> I'm gonna notice an increase on uh, Everbloom instances in the next ten minutes. <laughs> That's right. There you go, hunters. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> cool. All right. 
Well, on that note, you have been listening to episode 209 of the Hunting Party Podcast. I'm Dark Brew from thebrewhall.com and the Brew Hall on Twitter. I'm Artemis Hall from the Warcraft Hunters Union and Artemis Hall on Twitter. I'm Delirium from thrillofthewild.com and at Delirium Hunts on Twitter. I'm Bendak from Eyes of the Beast, WoW Insider, and Bendak WoW on Twitter. Check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, or add our RSS feed to your reader. And, we'll, of course, we'll have all these links available on our show notes. If you have a question or topic you would like to discuss on the show, email us at huntingpartypodcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet at huntingpartypod. Yeah, and be sure and follow us at huntingpartypod, too, on, on, on Twitter. We'd be happy to have you as a follower. And, uh, Roger, do you have you have a Twitter you want to give out? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, follow me on Method Roger, at Method Roger. And thank you so much for having me on this show. Uh, I hope everyone had the blast. Uh, and, yeah, it was really cool. Oh, no, it was, yeah, it was great to, great to have you on, and we'll certainly have you uh, back again uh, later this year. I know you're probably about to ramp it up and go into uh, the progression mode here with BlackRock Foundry mm-hmm. in, in, in a couple of weeks, but uh, certainly when that's all said and done, we'll love to have you back and, and, and have you talk about those experiences again. Yeah, always a pleasure. Yep. For, those who are, for those who are unaware, uh, Roger Brown and some of the other guys from Method, I guess, have been making Mythic Guide videos, which are up on their YouTube channel. What's the uh, address for that? Uh, it's uh, youtube.com slash method network. And yeah, you can go check out. We're going to do all of the bosses in Heimel, and when we clear Foundry, we're going to do those as well. And uh, yeah, you can hear me and Just Wait, our beautiful voices, explaining mm-hmm. how to do bosses. We're still kind of new to it, but I think. As time progresses, they're going to get better. So, yep. All Go right. check well, if you're struggling with the bosses. Yeah, I'll definitely give that a look because our guild certainly struggles on some of these things for sure. So that's awesome. All right. Stay thirsty, my friends. Remember to drink your dark lager. Always heed the thrill of the wild. Keep your eyes on the beast. Don't forget to pay your dues. And for the horde.
let's begin with Illidan, Osirian, and Kilchidan, Magdamar, Asgalor, Gruul, Cthulhu, and Razorgor, Onyxia to Ragnaros, which one have we killed the most, Kel'Thuzad to Malagos, we even killed Akama's ghost. Sapiron, Lucifer, Sulfuron, 